This is Quit, a podcast about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome. My name is Dan Benjamin. I'm the host of the show, and joining me here, as always, is Hattie Cook. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. It's Friday. Friday is a traditional day to record Quit. We've almost always done it yeah, you on have Friday. To. And we're right on time. Well we, well, we used to start at five so people could listen while they were driving home. But then you were getting home too late. And uh, I was getting home too late. This is 100, 115 of these things that we've done. Starting with the first episode of Quit, November 23rd, 2012. We are just under a month away Aww. from the next, uh, the I'm sorry, the next, from the anniversary Five year. Can you believe five years? That's crazy. Not a lot of shows stick around for five years, and we just no. stu- we should have People retired this one, but we stubbornly keep <laughs> we doing renamed it. it and then renamed it again. Just keep doing it, and now it's fine. Yeah. So a big announcement over on Fireside. Fireside is a podcast hosting and analytics platform that I built, and. Uh, we haven't quite hit the big the big user milestone that I want to hit, but we're really close. And uh, I'm working on some new features, and one of the new features is allowing users to upload images. It doesn't seem like much, and to be honest, it's not that huge of a feature. But there's so much that goes into designing a feature and rolling one out. And uh, that was kind of a topic that I had in mind. Is that something interesting we, we should talk about, Heidi? What do you yes, think? Yes, very. Okay. She's eating some I kind of protein bar. bar or something. <laughs> so that's why she's so quiet. Uh, very rude to do during a podcast, I, didn't let I anyone, must say. I didn't let anyone hear me chewing. Horribly rude. That's the rude part. Well, I, I accept that. And in building a feature... There's a lot that you have to think about. You would say, first of all, is is the feature hard to build? Is it something we should add? And I want you, as I describe this, if you are a software developer, as many uh, people in our audience Hattie, are, or if you're a web designer, or if you're doing anything at all that involves your job and you need to add something to your job, where you need to do something different than you usually do, it's really hard to think about what that thing is and come to the conclusion that, you know what, this isn't as simple as I thought. There's a lot more to it than I thought. And that's what I was thinking about as I was building out what seemed like a very simple feature. And obviously the feature would be somebody goes to a page in their admin, they upload an image, they can then gra- grab the link to that image and paste it anywhere in any of the like descriptive fields that allow HTML or Markdown. And it'll show up whether that's in a, an episode description or in a blog post or on a custom page or whatever. And whatever kind of image they want to do, they can do it. People are, uh, I let a few people beta test it and some of them were already using it in their sponsorship blocks. There's like a little sponsorship block uh-huh. automated. But anywhere that would take HTML or Markdown, any of those fields, they could just put it in like a regular image tag and it just works. So doing that part, that's the easy part. Writing the code, that's the easy part. The hard part is thinking about what else would go into this. So, for example, I'll give you an example. The first thing that comes to mind when you talk about image hosting is, well, what if we get somebody who's going to, like, abuse this? What if they want to host something like, 
you know, an image that their their intent with the image is to make it go viral and they want to post it everywhere. And then millions of people will be posting it and sharing it and all linking back to the same thing. And somebody, me, has to pay for that bandwidth. <laughs> so you say, well, of course, there's protections around that. That that thing is it's called hot linking. And you can prevent hot linking. But there's little details about that. For example, you can say, well, only display this image if it shows up on fireside.fm. That would be the simple solution. Hot link it. However... It's not that simple because we have lots of customers, hundreds of customers who are using custom domains with their podcast, which means they have their own whatever.com and they have it mapped to their fireside site. So if I turn hot linking prevention on so that they can't, uh, they, you know, only something.fireside.fm would work. Well, guess what? All of those people with custom domains, all the images that they're embedding, it's not going to work. So we can't, can't do that. Can't have that. Can't have that. Now, is this a real risk? Well, probably not. And is it a big deal? Well, probably not because I've got two levels of uh, of caching and CDN and stuff. So it, it should be fine. And there's other little things that I did to help prevent that. But, you know, like you don't think about that when somebody says, I really want to be able to upload an image. You, there's lots and lots and lots of little details. There's little lots and lots of little do. things you have mm-hmm. to think about. And then, of course, people will beta test the feature and use it. And I'll say, oh, well, you know what would be really nice is, I know you got the image upload section of the site, but like, I would really like it if when I'm making a post or editing an episode, if there was a little button that I could click and it would pop up a thing that would show all the thumbnails and I could click on the thumbnail and it would copy the URL for it into the clipboard and then I, I could you know automatically close the window and paste it right into the... Then things start to get complicated. It's no longer a simple feature. It's now a complicated feature. Well, that's not that complicated. No, it's not that complicated. But it's not... Oh, click here, submit image, and hit save. There's a lot more to it. And then that infrastructure and purging all those different levels of caches and CDNs when the image gets changed. There's lots and lots to think about. And I find that that's true in software development as a whole. But it can be true outside of software development, certainly true outside of design and any kind of job that you have there's always little details. Hattie, I think you can speak to one that we ran into recently where a sponsor wanted to, there was something they, they wanted to change and they started saying, well, here's our process. And remember that where you were telling me that whole story? Oh, yes, can, you, they, can you share that story? Okay. So the, the story goes, I was, I had put the wrong amount in for one of the um no it was a sponsor didn't run because a show was unable to publish and they sent me an io over that was like oh we're gonna you're gonna have to sign this paper and um send it back and then issue a credit for us and then uh you know and then like remove this much uh from our future invoices and i wrote them back and i was like can i just update the the io and just resend the the invoice and resend it and he was like sure (laughs) and so that that worked but uh, i was able to do that with fresh books oh fresh books that's our that's our sponsor sponsor. oh my god it's perfect 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 segue (laughs) for our sponsor fresh books i love fresh books i have been a fresh books customer 
since way before they sponsored any of our stuff and before they were even sponsoring podcasts in general. And actually, we were some of the first podcasts they ever sponsored way back in yep. the day. But I found out about FreshBooks when I was, you know, when I was starting to really kick 5 by 5 off back in, I guess, 2008, 2009. And I was having to invoice sponsors regularly. And I was creating my own, like using Microsoft Word to like generate invoices. And it was, to be honest, like that's not what Word is best at. And yeah, there was like graphic design and desktop publishing tools and things. I tried those. None of them were great, and I still was running into the same problem. That not only did it take me a long time to generate a stupid invoice, which should be easy, but that once I sent it away, I didn't know what happened to it. Did the customer look at it? Did they see it? Did they approve it? Were they going to pay? Did they pay? And then what happens when they'd say, oh, well, can we pay with a credit card? We have a corporate card. We'd like to pay with that. My answer is always, nope. (laughs) And from the moment that I clumsily generated the invoice to the time that I actually sent it to when we got paid, that was just of just darkness. And you never knew what was going to happen or what was happening. FreshBooks, they are here to make all of that stuff easy. I mean, of course, they're going to save you time because it's a great application. They're going to save you a lot of time. But more importantly, they're going to make doing something that we generally don't like to do, like invoicing. Let's be honest. No one's like into that. They're going to make it really easy. They're going to make it really fast. And you can even set up online payments with two clicks. So you can get payments online. Someone says, can we pay online? Sure. You don't have to send a check. You just pay us right here. They have integrated mobile expenses. They've got this new feature called projects. So you can share files and messages with your clients, contractors and employees. It keeps everything in one place, helps eliminate all that endless email you got a really cool notification center. It's like your personal assistant so you know exactly what's changed in your business since the last time you logged in. It shows you things that need to be dealt with right away, like overdue invoices. I remember before I was using FreshBooks, I didn't even realize I was owed a whole bunch of money. You know, you'd think, well, can't you keep track of it? Well, yeah, but I mean, there were at least three or four invoices that I had thought uh, were, had gotten paid and they hadn't gotten paid yet. And to go and bug those people about it. Well, FreshBooks makes it easy to do that with things like uh, automatic late notices. So much is built into this platform. It's really worth your time to go and check it out. You go to freshbooks.com slash quit. Freshbooks.com slash quit. And you've got an unrestricted 30-day free trial for all of our listeners. Aren't they nice? No credit card required. All you have to do is go there, freshbooks.com slash quit, and enter quit in the how did you hear about us section. If you don't do that, we don't get any credit for the show. It's like we didn't even send you there at all. It's like you just Googled it and found it. So don't do that. Don't be that guy or girl. But we appreciate their support. Thank you very much to FreshBooks for making this episode of Quit possible. Thanks, FreshBooks. So... Companies, I think, are used to dealing with really, you know, big enterprises. And they have all these processes and things that they do, and they've been put there for a reason. You know, it's the same thing when you think about changing something. To them, the idea of just going in and changing a number on an I.O., that's like a big thing. 
Right. They have to get like approval from people and right. like go and, and ask a bunch of people and relay that information and CC people and print out things and put them in folders and all of that. Right. And for us, it's just, well, I, I can just do I that. just turn to Dan and I say, can I do this? And you say yes. And then right. I do it. <laughs> Sometimes you don't even ask. Wow. But I think there is something that that creates that necessity as a company gets bigger. And com- the size of a company grows, then you need those things. You need those things to keep things organized, to keep things uh, under control, kind of. You can't have lots of different people in the company doing things lots of different ways. It's got to be consistent. It's got to be one way. You know, and so for me, adding this uploads feature, I know that I can't just roll it out and cross my fingers and hope, hope it goes well. And so then there's another part of this. How do I make this feature available to just a few people? Not all the customers that I have. That'd be hundreds and hundreds of people, maybe more. But what if I only want like 10 people to try it out or 20 or 30? Well, now we've got to build a thing into Fireside that lets us roll features out. Well, fortunately, that was already done. But how would you do that if it hadn't been done? You'd have to build software to let you roll out software to just some people. And there's ways to do that, of course. But, you know, like those are the little details that when someone says, oh, can you add uploads? Well, Right, you there's can't a just lot jump to on that. that. <laughs> there's a lot to that. There's that joke in design. I'm sure you've heard it, Hattie. Was make the logo bigger. Like, mm-hmm. there's lots of things when people say, "Well, can't can't you just add it, and make it work like this?" Also, there are reasons why you didn't do it in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> that people don't seem to. They, I think a lot of people just automatically assume that you didn't think of it, and they were the first one to ask for it. Oh, I see that all the time. You know, sometimes that like. There are, there are decisions that I made. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a good example. I'll give you another good example of one. Back in the old days of podcasting, people would, they were forced really to download, and I'm talking starting 2006, really 2006 to like 2010 especially. There weren't a lot of great tools to use to listen to podcasts. I mean, think about it. We didn't have iPhones before 2007. And most people didn't have iPhones in 2007 either. Only the nerds like me had them. And then everyone started to get them and other smartphones started to come out. And now everyone has one and that's how they listen to their podcasts. And we've got really good podcast clients on those phones. But back in the old days, we had iTunes and there was a lot of people that didn't even use iTunes. They just managed the files themselves. They might download the actual MP3 file manually and do something with it. So file names were important. So if I downloaded, you know, episode 100 of, uh, of my favorite podcast, the file name is going to be my favorite podcast dash 100.mp3, right? Well, that was important to have the file name there because I was actually going to do something with that file. But nowadays, everything is behind the scenes. And in fact, you don't want a file to have that kind of a name in a system like Fireside, and I'll, 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 I'll share a little bit about why. I don't want to get too much inside baseball here, but I, I think it's worth it because I, I want people to reflect on this and think about the repercussions of making a decision or making a change or adding a feature to their own jobs. And so I think it's worth it for people to understand maybe people are interested in software development and they wonder what goes into it. It relates. So with Fireside, I decided to 
to create files that have a file name that is what's called a GUID. Have you ever heard, heard the term? Not squid, Hattie, not squid. Oh, I thought she meant squid. GUID. You know what GUID stands gooey, for? No. But that's the first part of it. No. No? Well, I mean, it's spelled that way, but oh, okay. nothing to do with it. They're not related. Uh, globally unique ID or right, identifier. ID is the ID. At the right. End. So what this means is... Not identifier. Yeah, identifier, ID, ID. Same, same thing. Oh, yeah, I guess that's... The same. It's all the same. It's all the same. So they, the idea of a GUID is something that is a string of characters. Usually it's 32 ca- characters, which are made up of numbers and letters. And those 32 characters are... They're not... I mean, it's called globally unique... Um, there's also a UUID, universally unique. It's essentially the same thing. But the the trouble with that is, of course, you want these things to be unique in, in the whole world. And there's different algorithms to generate them. And that's pretty, pretty accurate. You're really going to get pretty much a unique thing. But within the, within the context of Fireside, they will all be always be unique. And we have checks for that to make sure. So what happens is you create a new episode and the episode gets assigned this GUID. And that's something that's used in the system to keep track of the episode. It, it handles downloads, it handles how you edit it and the URL and other things. And so when we, um, we upload a file, it also gets a GUID for itself. And that actually becomes the name of the file. So when you download the file, it's going to be this long 32 character strange random set of numbers .mp3. It could be anything. I could let it be anything. But instead, I chose this. Why? Because nowadays, users are completely or should be completely insulated from ever seeing those files. When you download an episode, you're not manually downloading the episode and taking the file and copying it somewhere and putting it in a folder. No, your podcast application is downloading it for you. And it's displaying it by the title and the episode number and all of that nice stuff. You never have to see the file name. The file name doesn't even matter anymore. Unless you're creating the file yourself on your own computer for you to keep track of yourself, who cares what the file name is? It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. And the point is, you should never even have to know that. Now, if you were to drag that file into iTunes, of course, it shows up with the right title. It has the artwork. If you were to drag it into an ID3 MP3 editor, you're going to see all the everything about it there. Just the file name doesn't matter. And there's lots of reasons that I chose to do it like that. I'll give you a couple examples. Lots and lots and lots of reasons. One is, um, let's say that a uh, the user creates the file name themselves, but they accidentally name it the same thing as their previous episode. They think they're creating episode 32, but really they're supposed to be creating episode 33, but they name it episode 32 and they upload it. What's going to happen? Well, it might just overwrite the previous episode. Oh, well, couldn't you write code around? Of course I could code around that and prevent it from happening. <laughs> but that's just, that's just one problem that this solves. You never have that issue. It's impossible. There are lots and lots of other reasons why I went into, I'm not going to waste any more time. People don't want to hear about that crap. But I will say there, there are lots of reasons why I did it that way. That's just one example. But I have had a number of people contact me, maybe two or three in the couple of years I've been doing Fireside, not many, who say, 
can I please change the name of the file? Can you have it be something that, that I put in or can you have it uh, be the same as what I upload or could you have it be the episode name uh, number? Well, there's lots of reasons why we can't or shouldn't. For example, what if you upload it and you decide that you want to change and let's say it's using the title or using the name of the show. What if you rename your show? What if you change your show from quit to grit? Oh, no. What do we do? Do we rename all the files? No. No, you would have to, though, to be consistent, right? Right. So these are the kinds of dilemma. Well, you don't have to worry about that if you're using a quit. That's just another example. I could go on and on and on and on and on. So I decided to eliminate all those problems by using a quit. And there's a couple of people who say, well, can I do no. And the answer is no. This, this was, I did this for a reason. In their mind... This was an oversight, like you said earlier. This was Dan not thinking it through. Dan not having the right uh, solution. Them thinking, oh, I I know a better, this is how it should work. Uh, This is a better way. In fact, I can assure you that the way I'm doing it is a better way. And I actually spoke with pretty much every single podcast app maker about the way that I was doing it. And universally, they said to me, yes, this is actually a better way. I wish everyone would do it like this. That's much better. They actually all said that. Um, but then, you know, you have a user who's, who wants it to be a different way. And unfortunately, I don't have a good answer for them. I have to say, I'm, I'm sorry that actually this is well thought through. And there's a, a real reason that I did this. And I'm, I'm sorry if you're concerned that it's going to make the lives of your listeners worse in some way. But I... I can assure you it won't. And I say that because I put a lot of time and effort and thought into it the way that I put a lot of time and effort and thought into all of the features in Fireside. All of them. But it's like you said before, from from the outside, people don't see that. They say, that's stupid. Why is it this 32-character file name? That's dumb. I don't want that. I want it to say my show dash 32.mp3. I don't even want it to say .mp3. File extensions are boring and ugly. But there are reasons, you know, there are reasons. And so you have to be sympathetic, though, to the user, to your customer, to whoever it is who comes in questioning the way that you're doing something. What they're not saying, even if they sound like they're saying, this is dumb and you're stupid. They don't really mean that. What they really mean is, this doesn't work the way I thought it would. And I'm unaware of why. And in many cases, explaining, taking the time to explain it to somebody can help them understand. And, and the problem is they're not just going to trust you. If you, say, if you say to someone, trust me, this is a better way, that's only going to provoke them. That's only going to create a negative response. You know what I'm saying? That's not going to help them understand something. Whereas if you actually explain it to someone, uh, then... At the very least, that shows them that you are concerned and concerned not only about the software that you've built or whatever it is that you're working on, but concerned about their opinion. You took the time to explain it to them. So I have, a, I have another thing that I want to talk about uh, in a second, but I feel like we should do our next sponsor really quickly. Well, you know, I was I was hungry and so I had a bar later. Yes. I mean, earlier. Do, do you also want a bar, Dan? Well, we should talk about our... Because the one I had was pretty great. Yes. What was it? It was an RX an bar. An RX bar. Yeah. I know about them. 
Did you know that they sponsored uh, Back to Work and almost immediately were acquired for $600 million? That's what happens when you sponsor a 5x5 show. That's right. So maybe the company (laughs) that acquired them is now going to get acquired because they're sponsoring this show. That means RX Bar is going to acquire us. RX Bars are great. These are whole food protein bars. That means that they're made with 100% whole ingredients. And it's all about being upfront and being transparent. And they put... The core ingredients. Right there. On the front of the thing. Front of it. I was thinking about where the first place was that I saw these, and I think it was at my gym. Uh, and they had them in the cool in the cooler there. And I, I said, okay, I'll try one of these things. And I was like, that's cool. It shows right what's in it right on the front. Egg whites, dates, and nuts. That's like the core ingredients. And the rest is just, you know, oh, we're going to put some, well, we're doing a blueberry bar. So it's that plus some blueberries. Or maybe we're doing a chocolate coconut. Okay, well then it's got those in it. But they put it right there on the front. You know exactly what you're getting. They taste great. That's What's your the other favorite thing. one? I still like that maple. I know. The way the sea salt, there's little chunks of sea salt oh, and they so kind of crunch when you're, oh, it's so good. So good. No chemicals, no added sugar. They called BS on protein bars. That's how they started back in 2013. They couldn't find a bar that wasn't full of a bunch of artificial ingredients and fillers and preservatives and crap. They said, no, we're not, we're not going to be different. We're going to take three egg whites, two dates, and six almonds, and we're going to add some other cool things to that. It sounds like a witch's brew. <laughs> you like sweet and savory? They got that. You want chocolate? They got it. You want fruit? They got it. There are 12, I think, 12 or 11, 11 different flavor varieties. They're all gluten-free, they're all soy-free, and Hattie, good for you, they're dairy-free. Woo! No added sugar, no artificial colors, no artificial flavors, no preservatives, no fillers. This is a great breakfast on the go, it's a great Hattie snack in the office. Well, it's a nice afternoon snack when you start to crash, you know? You put one of these in your bag, you go on a plane ride, then they show up and they're like, oh, do you want uh, peanuts or pretzels? You're like, neither, lady. I got an RX bar. And you just stare at her and she's like what do you want from me and that's the whole point nothing i have an rx bar you don't seem to get it i'm like okay well i'm sorry i'm like here take my wrapper that's what flying's like i don't want to put it in the seat that's what flying is like in 2017 right because the seat back pocket is filled with never (laughs) touch touch that that. no so here's the here's our call to action honey they are giving our listeners 25 percent off their first order go to rx bar do it rxbar.com slash quit rxbar.com slash quit and enter the promo code quit at checkout and you'll get 25 percent off your first order i recommend they have like a sampler box just get that don't mess yeah. around just don't, try, and don't try mess all around of them because then once you've once you've tried all of them then you can narrow in on the ones that are your faves and then you can order like super bulk in like all of them <laughs> super bulk uh-huh that's me because I've been working out. Yeah. And eating RX bars. And eating RX bars. Thank <laughs> you very much to RXbar.com for making this possible. Thanks, RX bars. Okay, so there's something else I wanted to talk about. I got an email recently. I don't want to make this all about Fireside, but it's, this is what I'm spending a lot of my time doing. So it only makes sense. I would talk about it sometimes. I got an email from a woman who said, We're evaluating Fireside and some other solutions out there to host a podcast for the company I work for. And I was wondering if you could go and uh, give me a detailed explanation of these five things that 
Fireside seems to do. Analytics and some other things. She wanted a detailed explanation of all of these things. And unfortunately, I, I'm not able to respond to everybody who writes in asking for detailed information and explanation of features. You're busy running three businesses and have a lot else going on. And also we put all the information, the pertinent information on the website so that people could glean that for themselves. Right. And I mean, there's a, there's a fact there and other things, but above all, we have a a free seven day trial on there. So you can just log in and try it. And if it doesn't work the way you want, or the features are missing or it's not right for you, just cancel it. It's no big deal. Free trial. And uh, so I wrote back to her and I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I can't, unfortunately, I can't provide you with that information. I wish I could, but, uh, but I can't. But we have a lot of information on our fact. Here it is. Here, sent her the link. And the free trial is and the I best said, way and, to- Yeah, and there's a free trial. And this is really the best way to get in, like kick the tire, see if you like it. You don't like it, get out. No big deal. You're never charged anything. And so she wrote me back and said, and I'm paraphrasing, but she did use the word motive. She says, I understand it's your motive to get people to just sign up to your site. Uh, but I can't do that. I can't even sign up to anything without making a presentation for my boss who happens to be the CEO. And uh, I really need you to write this stuff up for me. I don't like that. I don't like anybody saying do work for me like that. I can't I like even that. create a trial account. You need to do this. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I understand like I, w- I would love to be able to take the time to write a response for her because like, of course I would like to earn their business. Of course I would like to have them as a customer. That's I'm building a business. I want customers, <laughs> but I, I just, like you said, I just don't, I literally do not have the time to do it. And the other thing about it is like Fireside is 19 bucks a month. It's not the cheapest podcast uh, hosting solution out there, but it's the best one. And you get what you pay for. There are ones that are more expensive, but the Fireside is the best. So, you know, I, for, but for $19 a month, I, I just don't have the bandwidth to like write a proposal for every customer who wants to get on board yeah. it. Now, if it was if it was hundreds of dollars a month and I only had 20 customers, but I was babysitting all of them, absolutely, I I would think it would be part of my sales job to do that. But the reason that I created the, you know, the reason that I created the, the free trial and the reason that I put the information on the website and made the website is so that that information would be there and people could try it risk free and get in there and and try it themselves because I knew I wouldn't have time to do it. But I, I understand that. But, you know, I can I can assure you that she did not sign up and will not be signing up and she will use something else instead and it won't be as good. But I couldn't do anything about that. And it was a very helpless feeling because, like, literally, I don't have the time to do it. Also, I'm sorry if that's how she's really basing her decision is off of who has the time in the company to do that. That's a very odd, odd way of choosing something. Well, people have odd ways. But, you know, I get emails like that a lot, and I, I wish that I could help people one by one. No, you know, if somebody asks a, a straightforward question, like, will I be able to import my existing podcast? Then I'll say, yes, you absolutely will. Here's the FAQ section on that, and I'll send that to them. Of course, I do that kind of thing, pre-sale stuff, but I can't write her proposal for her. 
Uh, so what I did was that when I wrote back to her, I said, unfortunately, I, I really wish I could do this for you, but unfortunately I just can't. I actually am the creator of Fireside. You're not talking to like a, you know, a junior level hourly support desk. You're, you're talking to the founder. I'm the founder. I'm the creator. I wrote all the code. Uh, but I also run a couple other businesses and, and those take my time too. And I wish I could do this for you, but I really can't. But I would love it if you would just try the, the trial and let me know what you think and, and give it a shot. And all the information's here. You can see answers to all the questions you're asking in just a couple minutes by signing in. And of course, she never wrote back and she's gone. But, you know, I think people are so, you know, like Fireside is a very, very small operation. It's me, it's you helping out, Hattie. It's help from a, a, a part-time developer who shares time when he can, a, a designer who I have, you know, freelancing. It's not a big operation, and I guess people think this is some big, big company. You know, maybe, Hattie, it seems like it is a big company. I think it's a perception. That they just say, well, of course, you know, you're doing pre-sale support, you should be able to do it. Well, I th- but it's I th- frustrating because I want to. Like, I would love to have responded to her with the information she needed. That would have been great. And now we lost a customer because that. And I'm bummed. You know, I'm sorry. If you can't decide on something for yourself and put together a proposal yourself, i.e. doing your job, don't make someone else do your job. I do you don't think like that's it all when, she wanted? Yes. People, um, people that are asking a lot of you just don't want to do it themselves. That's what I think. Ah, you're on to something there. I get asked to do things above and beyond what I should be doing. By me? No, 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 oh. no, no. By like sponsors sometimes and things like that. But, you know, but I I do have the time, so I do it. Right. <laughs> and it's my job. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, like I want to help people. I, mean, I did this whole thing to help people and then, you know. But not do their them. work for them. Well. So anyway, that's that's my little, those are my fireside uh, stories that like, I've been dealing with recently. Like a podcast method inside of a quit. <laughs> well, I can't talk about that in podcast method because people that's don't, true. They don't want to hear that crap. No. Can you hand me the email? Yes, I can. Uh, here's the email. We can use his name. It's Joe. Hi, Joe. Listener Joe. He has a lovely last name I'm not going to try to pronounce. Joe P. I have been listening to Quit since about 2012. We were just talking about five years. I know. Since about 2012. And ever since then, the way I look at my job and life has changed dramatically. I would call it a paradigm shifting experience. Is he crediting us with that? I I mean, I hope so. I think he is. I was working both as an RN, which I believe stands for registered nurse. Not right now. I was working both as a registered nurse and a musician, which I'm still involved in, but I wanted to make a change to teaching guitar full-time and retire from healthcare. I almost got there. The pressure of family, the nursing profession, and running a side hustle that was starting to get out of control took a toll on me. So I basically fired myself from my own guitar teaching business and decided to make some changes. It wasn't easy. It had been, I had been at that for about six to seven years. Uh, but could never build on it because of having commitments such as on-call and working odd hours because of things, in quotes, that would come up at work. This caused resentment and at times even some depression from being held back 
from doing something that I love and could make money from, but ultimately not a full living. I'd emailed some time ago, and Dan, and you actually answered me without really ever mentioning my email. I cannot remember the episode, but my takeaway was that we may not be doing the one thing that we want to do forever. It may only be for a while, and then we have to move on, and there's nothing wrong with that. Doors close and others open. Thanks, Dan, for that. So I have moved into the IT field, and I've been working on a networking certificate. One regret from high school is never getting into computers then. I had a Commodore 64 back in the day, he says. I did too. I realize that I will be entry level, but the time for a change is now. I've done enough in healthcare to see that there are no easy nursing jobs, and the demands are always over the top and disruptive to a normal work schedule, thus affecting my quality of life. I have some certifications, A+, PC Pro, and soon CCENT and CCNA. I just need to I just need experience as no one's willing to hire me at this time, which is something I'm not used to because as a registered noose, nurse, all noose. <laughs> as a registered nurse, all you have to do is show up at an interview and you're hired. LOL. I've asked to do internships and even volunteer my time to gain some experience, but still no one seems interested in having me around at this time. I'm not sure how to do work and do intern do the internship and support my family unless my wife starts to work more and take on the benefits to help support us while I complete the internship. I have about half of my salary saved, a Roth IRA that I contribute to yearly and no real credit card debt, but I do have a mortgage to pay and two lease payments for my wife's car and mine. She's able to pay her own lease at this time. Any suggestions on gaining experience, making the jump, or anything else you can add will be greatly appreciated. I'm also a fan of road work and back to work. Thanks again for all the great shows, and I'll be listening. Joe. Now, Hattie, do you have any advice for Joe before I launch into this? No, I want to hear what you say first. You don't have any advice for Joe. I mean... Joe's a uh, long-time listener, five-year listener, loves Hattie, and you have no advice for him. It's not that I don't have any advice. I'm still mulling it over. Okay. There was a lot of information. He did. I, that I'm was a, a large data dump, and it is the afternoon. Yeah. And you and I are both tired from a very long week. Very long. It's been insane. And but, you know what? Next week's going to be even crazier. But we're professionals. Yes. And we are here to do our job. Yeah, and in this case, our job is helping Joe P. We got to help Joe. Uh, I mean. <sighs> All right. I'll go, I'll go first. Yeah. It's just a lot. It's a lot. Okay. Here's the thing. He got rid of the thing that he liked doing, which is teaching guitar. And he's a registered nurse. And he's going into a field that, based on these certifications and moving into IT that he's talking about, CCNA in particular, uh, the CCNA, Hattie, for, yeah, tell for me those who that, don't know, that'll help me. Uh, that is a Cisco certified network admin, I think, and uh, a CCENT is a... Oh, our internet's out. Oh, it is. Are we yeah. still... Oh, we're still recording. But not streaming. No. <laughs> uh, and when a that CCENT, went I believe, is um, a Cisco certified engineering person. Long story short, though, uh, that's a pretty good field. Uh, there are still a lot of jobs for those kinds of people, but they're not as prevalent as they were, I'll say, 10 years ago, where very much like a registered nurse job. If you were a CCNA, you could just show up and be like, I'm a CCNA. Here's my certificate. Okay, great. We need you to go over here and do this thing. That has changed a lot. 
I'm not saying that you made a bad choice. Not at all. These are good skills to have. Uh, and PC Pro and A-plus certification, that has to do with PC hardware, building PCs, repairing PCs, and That's things cool. like that. Uh, so this could be a good career path. It's definitely, you know, interesting and things you could do there. But I definitely think you're up against a, an entire generation of people who are in their early 20s with these same exact set of certifications. And here you show up. I don't know how old you are. I'm going to guess you're in your 30s, late 20s, early 30s. And gosh, you know, you're up against these people who are willing to work for a lot less and who who can be groomed more easily, who don't have any bad. I'm not saying you have bad habits, but if you've been working for 10 years, you have some bad habits. We all do. And they're saying, well, why why would I hire this guy who probably is going to need more money eventually than this person over here who's brand new and fresh and knows all the latest, greatest stuff and we don't have to pay very much. Frustrating situation. Well, and I think trying to get someone to kind of take him on, you know, while he's still learning, um, you know, the beginning is always the hardest. Um, but once you get in the door somewhere, it is going to move more quickly from that point Absolutely. on. I'm trying to think if I have any advice about how to get in the door. You Well, he was saying he's know. willing to do an internship. And if, but if he does that, he won't be able to make any money. Right. Which is no good. I thought all internships no, he had has to be no, paid. He has no, I don't know about that. Maybe. Googling. But I don't know. Well, you can't Google our internet's off. It's back on for me. Oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, I don't think you have to pay an in. I, I think here's, here's in fact, let, let me drop some knowledge. Can I drop some knowledge? Drop it. All right. So you don't have to Google this. I'll, I'll, I'll go into it now because I guess it's interesting. It relates to the show. Yes, very much so. At least here in Texas, but it might be everywhere. If the internship is directly related to the company's generation of income, then they are supposed to be paid. In other words, if I hired an intern who was going to be doing some writing for our newspaper, I should pay them. If they were going to be typesetting the newspaper or desktop publishing it out, right? That's producing the paper. That's directly related to what makes us money. They should get paid. If the intern's just getting me coffee, maybe making a photocopy of something, you know, maybe answering my phone calls or scheduling things for me, they do not need to be paid. They're an unpaid intern at that point. But it's a very fine line because what are the chances that the IRS is going to audit you to see if you have unpaid interns and fully justify if what they're doing is connected to earning income for the company? That's not going to happen realistically. So even in situations where the intern should get paid, they still don't get paid. But that's okay because the interns are actually benefiting by having exposure and being in there. And many times, if not all times, the internship will lead or can lead. Right. Like if you're at the end of an internship, if if you're good, we'll keep you on. Right. Um, It says, according to the Department of Labor, an unpaid internship must meet all these criteria. The internship is similar to training, which would be given in an educational environment. It's for the benefit of the intern. The intern doesn't displace paid employees. The employee uh, employer doesn't benefit from work the intern is doing, like you were talking about. Uh, And on occasion, its operations may actually be impeded. Uh, the intern isn't promised a job at the end. Unpaid tryouts aren't allowed. Both the intern and their boss understand it is an unpaid position. 
those are the criteria. The advice that I was given by somebody who's been in business much, much longer than me is pay your interns. Yeah, because you know what? Then you're, <laughs> then you're saved. Then you're saved. But you can pay the minimum wage. Right. So whatever that is, you don't have to pay them any more than that. But if you just pay them, then everything's fine. You don't have to worry about it. Better safe than sorry. So if for him to go and be an intern, paid or a minimum wage or unpaid even, uh, that's just going to suck. But this isn't... Doing IT stuff is not like doing software development, for example. Whereas you could you could learn software development and then start writing stuff and putting it out there and contributing to open source projects and finding people uh, who need some development work done and contributing to that, offering to do that inexpensively or for free. Uh, going to a local software development consultancy agency type place and being like, hey, I need to learn. Uh, just give me some stuff to do and I'll do it. I just want to learn. It's much harder with IT because it's all hands-on stuff. Like you're going to go and rack up a router and configure it. You know, you're going to set up the switching. You're going to be repairing PCs and stuff. You can't, you can't like get that experience in your living room. I, not really. Uh, so it's, it's, t- it's the career that he picked is kind of tough. And I, I don't really have a good answer for him. It's not as easy to do like to moonlight doing ccna work as it is doing php development you could be a registered nurse by day and at night (laughs) a a php developer right you could do that on weekends you know that's a totally different thing but look well i'm just i'm just gonna set up some cisco switches uh after work at the hospital no you're really not right you Uh, need to be in that environment so he might actually have to take that crummy non-paying or not not good paying internship job just to get the experience if you can even get that it is you know there are so many jobs out there that you need to say well i i can't hire someone without experience doing this but i think i think joe if you find the right company yeah that you will be able to get paid for a, an entry-level job just by finding a company that's big enough. And and so my only advice to you is try to find a bigger company. Right. Try to find a company that is large enough that they don't need one CCNA, that they need 10. Right. They'll hire you. But if you're looking at small companies with one, two, three people in that job, they're not going to hire you at all. Um, but if you can find a bigger company that has a lot of that in it, I'm sure that there are data centers out there that are looking for people like you. You know, I'm sure that there are large hosting companies that are looking for people like you. And here's the reality of it, Joe. You might have to move. Or drive a long way to get yeah. to your, like drive two hours to go to work, drive you two might. hours to come home. That's yeah. realistic. That's- and because of the nature of these jobs, you can't do a lot of that remotely. You've got to be there hands-on fixing servers, racking up switches, like it's a different world. Well, in order for him to kind of. So expand, show, expand his search area. Well, I was going to say, what is a, do you have any advice for him for how he could make himself seem more like more necessary to the employer? Like what could he do to make himself stand out to these people that he's going to. Interview? That's a great question, Hattie. Um, so that they, when they do need one, that they'll remember him. Well, I mean, I've given this advice before. Anytime somebody has said, I'm making a career change and I need to take this entry-level position. 
the thing is, and again, he didn't say how old he is. I'm just going to say he's 32. There is such a huge difference between somebody who's 32 and 22 uh, in, in their level of maturity, in their work experience. It doesn't matter what he was doing. He has been working in the world as an adult for 10 years or whatever, however long it's been. He's going to have so much less BS. He's going to have so much less drama. He's going to take his stuff more seriously. He's going to be more engaged. He's going to be more calm. He's going to be more thoughtful. He's going to be less impulsive. These are benefits. And I'll tell you what, when you're doing that interview, flat out say those things. Dude, I have been an RN in an emergency room. Right. I've like, and I don't know, I'm making this up. I've saved people's lives I've dealt with horrible car accidents. I've calmed parents who were freaking out about their child who swallowed something. And I've saved people's lives. Nothing you throw at me could possibly about shock switches me. and PCs right. is going <laughs> to ri- rattle me. Try that with your 21 year old who's going to freak the first time the server crashes. Not me. Yep. I think that's a really, really good point. I've intubated people. Have you intubated people? I have. Trust me. Your Cisco switch is is fine in my hands. I would hire that person. Right, and especially if they said, I'm I'm dealing with more detailed equipment on a daily basis, the human body, (laughs) than whatever you're going to give me. You you press the wrong button on a Cisco switch, it goes down for a couple minutes. You press the wrong button on one of those heart monitors, maybe does it shock the person? Right, I don't know. Maybe it injects adrenaline into them? (laughs) I don't know what happens. Just tiny knives fly out. Knives coming down? A scalpel just shoots in it. I don't know what happened. He's he's doing more as an RN than you would ever face in any other job. It's a hugely yeah. underrated job. So that's my advice to you. I don't know how much that's worth, but Joe, you're going to go in there and you're going to kick some butt. You just need to have the right attitude. Yep. And you need to expand your search. Find a company with a lot of dudes things. in there doing Cisco stuff. Uh, CCENT stands for Cisco Certified Entry Network networking technician it is the first stage of cisco's certification system i guess that comes uh it is an interim step to the associate level or directly with the ccna and by the way uh the the ccna stands for cisco certified network associate Ooh. i'm going to tell you about something called beanstalk it's actually called Beanstalk Know-How. Have you heard about this, Hattie? Oh, I've heard about it. They, these, these people care. They care about your future. And they want... Did you just get hurt? No, that was the building The cracking. building cracked? Yeah, that was just I'm the, looking here at my ceiling. screen at this read, and I heard his crack. That's I thought it was your, your back breaking. No, oh my gosh. That would be bad. Invest, Hattie. Invest in your future. Invest in the future of your children, your grandchildren. Give them the business know-how they need to succeed in their career or business. And yours too. Because having a basic understanding of accounting, this it's vital to people who want to succeed in their career. And that's the whole thing. You, you, but most people don't have even the basic understanding of it. Well, you're going to get grab the understanding of the fundamentals now with this Beanstalk know-how. They break this all down logically into modules. Okay, and module number one, basics of accounting, keeping books. Do you know how to keep books, Jan? I don't know if I know I how. I don't. Module two, 
They explain the makeup of financial statements. Module three, they discuss business structure. Module four, they look at the leverage points of the business. Follow the profit trail and look at what you can do at each of these different leverage points to increase the flow of cash, which is separate from profit. And all of this is important. If you're thinking, I don't know what this stuff means, guess what? You need the course. Because if you want to be successful in business, you need to understand profit. You need to understand spending. You need to understand book, basic bookkeeping. All of this stuff is critical, critical. And for so long on this show, people would ask me, well, what should I do to get started? And I'd say, well, you can read this. You can read this. Forget that. Go to Beanstalk. Beanstalk know-how. And there's a promo code there. It's beanstalkknowhow.com slash quit. And you're going to use the promo code quit and you'll get 50% off the full set, which is normally $495. You're going to get 50% off. You've got to jump on this. I know. You're starting to be, and you know what? It's not too late. If you already have a business and you're starting to realize like, well, maybe you're out of your element here. Take the course beanstalkknowhow.com slash quit promo code quit. Save you 50% on the full set bundle. Thanks very much Beanstalk Know How for making this show possible. I have one other thing that I wanted to uh, to share today. What did you want to share? Let me get over here. All right. So I was reading a reading an article here by I'll put this one in the show notes. Why not? Those are kind of that's the kind of thing I do for for listeners. You can go to five by five TV slash quit slash one one five to get this link and a few others. This is an article. Uh, by someone named uh, Claire Liu. She is the CEO of Know Your Company. And she has an article here that's called Unlock Honest Feedback with this one word. Now, I'm not a big Ooh. fan. I'm not a big fan of... Clickbait titles. Clickbait titles. This is a <laughs> clickbait title if I've ever seen one. Claire? A little clicky, clickbait. Little, little clickbaity. But that's okay. I, I forgive her. Because it's a good, very good article. And I'm just going to read an excerpt from it because I think this is very cool. A few years ago, a CEO told me how she was struggling to get honest feedback from her board. No one seemed willing to be critical or give her pointers on things she could improve. After every board meeting, she would turn to them and ask directly, what feedback does anyone have for me? She'd hear crickets every single time. No one would speak up. Even though they were board members, people who are supposed to hold her accountable as a CEO of her company, they shied away from offering their honest input. This was so perplexing to the CEO, she felt like she was being very clear with what she wanted. Why weren't they just giving her the feedback she was asking for? One day, she decided to try something different. Instead of asking, what feedback does anyone have for me? She asked this, what advice does anyone have for me? Oh! All of a sudden, everyone started weighing in. Well... Uh, I might try this and the way you brought up this point could have been better and you could try structuring the meeting like this. The word advice unlocked all the honest feedback that the CEO needed. Why the word feedback? Uh, because it carries a lot of baggage. To some, they automatically associate it with a critique or something negative. Something negative yeah. yeah, it can seem scary and formal, but advice is a much more welcoming word. It sounds like something a friend would give. A friend would not give you feedback. A friend right. would give you advice. Uh, uh, yes. She says, advice is about lending someone a hand. Mm -hmm. When someone gives you advice, they're just looking out for you. 
When you ask for advice, it's an invitation. You're signaling that another person has expertise or knowledge that you find interesting and valuable. The person is often flattered. You even asked for advice in the first place. And then she says, who doesn't love to give advice? So she says, the next time you'd like to get honest feedback, try asking for advice instead. Notice how much more people open up to you. See how swapping that one word makes a difference. I also think it makes people feel less like they're preaching to you, like... Or critiquing you in the same way. Like advice is more like, well, this is what I would do. You can listen to me or not listen to me. And I think a lot of people feel better giving someone else the option than saying, like, I don't think a lot of people are very strong in their decisions of like, this is how you should do it. And this is what I believe. I think people like, like the option. Yes. I mean, there's such a good point to the fact that advice, like you said, makes you feel like a, like a friend. And feedback. It's such a technical term. Yeah. Very feedback. cold and, you know, uninviting. And feedback is automatically going to be negative. Do you have any feedback? Well, yeah, but I don't want to share it because it might hurt their feelings. Have any advice? Yes. I'm trying to think of it like if somebody, if, okay, you know those little menu surveys they give you? Mm -hmm. Like when you're paying your bill and it's like on an iPad or something. At the end, if it said, do you have any feedback? I'd probably just click click skip. But if it said any advice, you know, I might be able to say, it was a little cold in here. Maybe turn it down or turn it up a little bit. Or the music was a little bit loud. Maybe turn it down. You know, something like that. That would make me feel more able to give better advice feedback right and you know the other thing is if you're right there in person i think it's even tougher oh yeah because like if there i can imagine a group of you know 10 people on the board or 11 12 people on the board sitting there and she's like you have any feedback for me and like i don't want to be the guy that like cuts her down in front of all these people and like you know, makes her feel bad, publicly embarrasses her. And makes the meeting go on longer because my feedback is so long. Right. But like, if you think about it, your board, it's the people on the board are supposed to be your advisors. They are there to advise the company. (laughs) Yeah. They're there to, to lend their expertise. And so do you have any advice? It's just this well. And so, you know, my suggestion or my advice for the listeners Mm -hmm. would be to, to try that anytime that you are in a situation, instead of saying going to somebody, because a lot of the time, when would you normally ask for advice? I was thinking about this. And normally you would say, I have a problem and I need some advice. How would you handle this? Or what should I do? It, it presents that you are open to what they're saying already. Right. And it says, I'm going to listen to you. Exactly. Like I'm coming to you because you know things. Mm-hmm. So it makes them feel good. Right. I I respect your position. I respect your experience. Please help me. Also, when has everyone when has anyone ever said, "No, I don't have any advice and I'm not giving you right. any advice." Never. <laughs> like it prompts people to actually give advice instead of just being like, "Nope, I don't have anything to say." I might I might also say, "Does anybody have any thoughts? Mm-hmm. Any advice?" Mm-hmm. That's how I'd probably ask. Yeah, and I think that would be just as effective. I think somehow asking for feedback, it frames it in a different way. But I think you can use this with your peers at work too. You know, um, you say, anyone here have any thoughts or advice? Like, yeah, I have some advice. I love that. I just thought that was really cool. And hopefully it helps helps some listeners. Also, I feel like it makes you seem, as the person asking for advice, it makes you seem open 
to doing something in a way that is not your way. And I think right. that makes other people feel good too. That's a really good point. And, and so often, and I've seen this so much when Especially I was- Especially in like manager positions oh, yeah. and things like that. Right. What if your manager asked their employees for advice? Oh, uh, mind yeah, blown, right? that would like right? explode the building. <laughs> I like that. I think everybody needs to ask, everybody needs to ask for advice. It doesn't mean you have to take it, but it gets people talking. It does. It does. It's some, why is it so hard for us, for all of us to, you know, to, to get advice from people, to ask, to put ourselves in a position to say, I would like some advice. I don't know everything. I remember one of the best ways that I learned stuff because like I'm completely self-taught when it comes to computers. I, had I was starting on like a computer science, I was going to do a double major and then I was going to do a computer science minor. And then it, instead I just wound up taking some computer science classes because that's all, all I could afford to do in college. But those things that I learned were like, they were teaching us modula. If anyone's ever heard of that, uh, that language, put a link to that in, yeah, do it in the show notes for the few crazy people that, but that that thing was a descendant of Pascal. It came out in the 70s. And that's what they were teaching. Nothing that I learned in college relating to computers and computer programming made it into the real world. <laughs> so maybe it's fine that you didn't do that. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. Um, there were kids in my computer science classes who, I kid you not, had not used a computer, couldn't turn one on. I'd already had two different computer related businesses, including one of building PCs for people by that time. <laughs> and I was like looking around like this one guy is like, they would assign you seats and you'd have like the computer in front of you. And I remember one guy was like, what is this? Like, what do I, what do I do? Like, what do you mean? He's like, uh, I don't know how to operate this. I'm like, you just turn it on. Like <laughs> also how the big did you red get switch on the side. It's an IBM PC. Class. <laughs> Well, anyway, anyone in, could take the class, I guess. There was no prereq. It was computer science choose, one. Choose a word that you don't know and say, I want to do that. I guess. <laughs> but, the, you know, they uh, no, nothing that I learned there was, was important or stuck with me or was useful. But I was self-taught. Everything else I learned by reading, I learned by trying, I learned by doing. But more importantly than that, I would be... I learned to overcome my own insecurity about saying, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. Can you please explain it to me? Right. That one skill of suppressing my, now I know how to do this or, oh, I'll figure it out. I don't that need to ask. That little ego that lives inside of everybody that wants to know, have all the answers. Show titled Little Ego. For me, getting past that was really hard. But once I did it, I was, someone would say, oh, well, you know, you got to do this. And I'm like, oh, wh what is that? Would you explain it to me? And of course, by doing that, you risk the chance of having the person roll their eyes and say, oh God, you're such an idiot. How can you be in this job and not know that? But nine times out of 10, that's the exact opposite. Most people who are experts, most people who know stuff and who like it, enjoy talking about it and enjoy sharing their knowledge. Well, and I think... Also, in some small part of their brain, it makes them feel good to be like, well, I know this. Like, the, yeah. everyone likes to kind of show what they know. Absolutely. 
You know, it's like when, when your kid comes up to you and says, hey, dad, why is the sky blue? You're not going to be like, you are so dumb. How can <laughs> we idiot. not know why this guy, you are almost six years old. Also, the sky's not really blue. Uh- <laughs> God, you don't know anything about human vision. <laughs> no, of course you wouldn't say that. And so when someone asks you a question, what would, you know, if, if I, if you were working on, let's say you're sitting at your computer and you're doing something cool. And I come over, I'm like, you're doing something cool. What is that? And you're like, oh, have you heard of such and such? No, I haven't. Oh, cool. Let me tell you about it. It's great. That's what happens. Every day I come home from work and my son will tell me for like 20 minutes what he built in Subnautica today and what creature he discovered and whatever happened in Minecraft. You know, like he he's so enthusiastic to tell me about these things. And things that he learned. Yeah. These things that he loves, like that is going to still be there even in somebody who's, you know, just sitting at their at their desk doing something. So how do I do that? That thing is cool. And so if you can overcome that little thing, that little ego that's inside of you that says, um, I don't want to ask, I don't want to look dumb, or I don't want to bother them, or I'll figure it out on my own. I remember there was one time at a job, there was a, a new person had come in and there was some kind of problem and instead of them just saying to me or one of the other people, can you help me with this? Or what is this? They decided that they were going to attempt to fix it themselves or do it all by themselves. Or try and figure out the fix themselves. And they, they spent days working on this problem. And they did eventually solve it, but the way they solved it wasn't very good. But they did solve it eventually. And if they had just asked one of us, oh, how do I do this? Or what is this thing? It, we would have told them right away and it would have been solved, but they didn't want to look bad. They didn't want to look like they had been brought in to do something that they didn't really know how to do. But I'm telling you, if you can get past that little ego, there are big things ahead for you. I think I think the, the moral of the of this episode is kind of be open with people and they will respond better. I mean, what... In what situation is that not the case? Very Life, good point. Work, relationships, also like if you if you made a, a, or, or caused an issue, hiding it and not and like trying to fix it yourself and potentially messing something else up instead of just immediately when it happens, go to your higher up and say, "This is what happened. I need your help." Right? You know, like that's gonna just be better because you know what? You brought it to them immediately. It's just good, good, good to be open. We have one final sponsor to thank. It's Squarespace. Make oh, Squarespace. Make it. You ever heard this expression from from Squarespace? Make it. Okay. That's what they're all about. Make it yourself. It's easy to create a website by yourself. Talking about not having to ask people things. You don't have to ask Seriously. anyone anything. Make it stand out. You can create a beautiful website with their amazing templates designed by world-class designers. They've got built-in, powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online. You can customize the look and feel of, of everything. The website, settings, products, and everything with just a couple clicks. And it's all optimized for mobile right out of the box. You can buy, buy domains there. In fact, you don't even need a... It's not like you have to get a website to get the domain. You just go there and get a domain. Or you get both. They've got analytics for your website, built-in SEO, secure hosting. 
24-7 award-winning customer support. Everything. Think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. They don't have a special URL, but they do have a special code. Just go to squarespace.com, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code QUIT to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or a domain. Again, that's squarespace.com. Promo code QUIT to save 10% of your first purchase. We appreciate Squarespace for their long-term support of 5x5 and QUIT. Pretty good. I think we I think we helped a lot of people. I hope I hope we did. I hope everyone tries to be a little bit more open because it just helps everything. It really does. American Express open. That's their credit card. Oh, I didn't know that. They agree with you. Woo-hoo. Even American Express is like, yeah, Hattie. Yeah. I like you know? that. So that's it. That's all we got for today. But we've got another show coming uh, next week. It's already planned out. We got it all mapped out. We already got the list of topics. We got everything. So I'm excited about that. Me too. You're excited too. Very excited. And if if you like this show, if you like if you like Hattie, if you like me, uh, we do another show. I want to promote a little uh, bit. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we haven't promoted it on anything else. It's called. I'll, I'll promote it next week on uh, Back to Work if Merlin will <gasps> let me. He will. If he'll let me. I hope he does. Uh, but it's called Killing Time, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a show that you listen to when maybe you should be doing something else. You just want to have fun. You just want to kick back. Uh, it's just fun. It's just all fun. We're, who knows what we'll talk about? It's always a mystery. We might talk about Hattie's cat. We might talk about the news. We might talk about JFK. We might talk about uh, race cars. might talk about soda water it doesn't matter it's going to be a great time and there episode first episode's already out working on our second one for you go to 5x5.tv slash killing time do it and uh, you can also go to 5x5.tv slash quit slash 115 to see some links from this episode you can find me on twitter at Dan Benjamin Hattie's on twitter at Hattie H-A-D-D-I-E bird Hattie bird and of course we need your feedback we need those you mean, emails you mean advice you're right <laughs> We'd love to get your advice and we'd love to get your questions, your questions thoughts. about advice. About advice, yeah. Because <laughs> we want to give you our advice. And the best way to do that is to email us, 5x5.tv slash contact. Click on the link for quit and I'll get that email and it'll be have a nice uh, subject line so I can organize it with my filters. And I will uh, read it and think about it and we will talk about it on the show. And we appreciate all y'all listening. Have a good one and we'll see you again next time. Bye.